This morning, we have the opportunity to hear a different voice. Um, As many of you know, Pastor Tammy has COVID, and she is still not 100%. um, And I think we all know that me speaking um, one time is enough. We don't need to hear that twice. So we have a visiting pastor this morning from First Christian Church. Many of you know Laura Hutchinson. Um, She is a wonderful colleague, a wonderful neighbor, and she is an alum of Emory University as well, so I'm a bit partial. So will you give Laura a welcome this morning? Hello, everyone. Greetings from First Christian Church. I'm honored to have been asked to be here today. And um, while my prayers are with our friend Tammy, um, I'm grateful for this opportunity to worship with you guys and to see so many friends sitting out here in this congregation is a lovely, lovely thing. Um, Let us start with the scripture and then we will pray. This is coming from Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever is in you, whatever in you is earthly, fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming on those who are disobedient. These are the ways you also once followed when you were living that life. But now you must get rid of all such things, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have stripped off the old self with its practices and have clothed yourselves with the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge according to the image of its creator. In that renewal, there is no longer Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. May God bless the reading of his word. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight my strength, and my Redeemer. Amen. Now, as you know, I am a pastor in the Christian Church, Disciples of Christ. And in our denomination, we practice a believer's baptism by immersion. We also honor all Christian baptisms, whether they are infant or adult, sprinkling or dunking. In other words, if someone comes to our church already baptized in the name of Christ, we do not require them to be rebaptized. But when someone comes to us who hasn't gone into the baptismal waters in one way or another, when someone wants to give their life to Christ for the first time in the form of this holy ordinance, 
we generally immerse the believer. Now, I'll never forget my baptism. Because like so many of the really important things that have happened to me in my life, it came to be in an overwhelmingly mysterious and God-driven way. When I was a student at Barton College up in Wilson, North Carolina, I usually spent my fall breaks on a retreat at Christmount, which is the National Disciples Retreat Center located in Black Mountain, North Carolina. On, what, on one such retreat, I found myself wandering through the woods. You know, it was the fall. It was beautiful. I uh, was admiring the fall foliage, and I was praying. And I remember the colors around me in vivid detail. I remember the sound of the rushing stream nearby. I can even still to this day feel the cold droplets of water that splashed upon my arms and legs from the rocks below. I remember the sounds of the breeze rustling the leaves and the birds and the squirrels going about their lives in the branches above. And suddenly a thought came into my mind as if someone was whispering in my ear, it's time for you to be baptized. Now, for some reason or another, I had not yet decided to give myself over to God in such a way. I don't know if anyone had ever talked to me about it up to that point. I don't know if I had considered it before and just was putting it off. I really can't remember. But I remember that moment in those majestic woods when God whispered in my ear, get baptized. So when I got back to campus after that retreat, I called my sister, who was a student at TCU in uh, Fort Worth, Texas. And I wanted to tell her what had happened to me, and I wanted, and wanted to tell her what I had decided to do. But when she picked up the phone, I didn't get a chance to tell her anything before she started telling me about the retreat that she had been on that weekend and the decision that she had finally made to be baptized. Consequently, obviously, Molly and I were baptized together that Christmas when we were home for the holidays. One after the other, we stepped down into the warm waters of the baptistry in our home church in Atlanta, and we allowed our pastor to lower us into the water and to raise us up once and for all with Christ. If you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Whether we have been sprinkled as infants or dunked as older believers, if we've been baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we have been raised with Christ. We have figuratively died to our sins, been lowered into a common grave, and been raised up from that death into new life with our Savior and our God. But what does that mean? really? 
What does that mean for the rest of our days following that very special moment that was filled with the Spirit and anointed with cleansing water? The writer of our letter today says that we are to put to death, therefore, whatever, is, whatever in us is earthly, fornication and impurity, passion, evil, desire, and greed, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming on those who are disobedient. These are the ways that we also once followed when we were living that life. But now we must get rid of all such things, anger and wrath and malice, slander and abusive language from our mouths. Do not lie to one another, seeing that we have stripped off the old self with its practices and have clothed ourselves with a new self which is being renewed in knowledge according to the image of its creator. Now, our writer here is telling us that if we have accepted the death and the resurrected resurrection of Jesus Christ, and if we have given ourselves over to Christ in word and in baptism, then our connection to worldly priorities must also die. As with any death, the deceased is no longer visible, no longer accountable, no longer bound. The hold of the world is broken. The believer's life is in Christ, and Christ is with God, and so our lives are supposed to be focused on completely different priorities now. They just are. So in the same way that we take off our worldly clothes and put on a new robe for our baptism, we are also to, in essence, shed our old behaviors and take on a different, more heavenly way of being in life, right? Until we finally do get to be with God in heaven forever. Now, perhaps we can look at that ritual changing of garments. And I know that as infants, we dress we are dressed in new garments. As adults, we take off our worldly clothes and put on a baptismal robe. So perhaps when we look at that ritual of changing garments for baptism as a symbol of one's change of conduct and status before God, one does not put off the body, of course, but one puts off or one dies to behavior centered on the created rather than on the creator. We do away with all of that. In other words, what do we now worship? Do we worship all things worldly? Do we spend our time striving for things that make us feel good, that, make, that feed our worldly passions and fulfill our worldly desires for more and more and more? Or do we now worship God in heaven? What or who do we now worship as followers of Christ? And what things become our priorities in this new life in Christ? Are our priorities to get what we want at all costs? To treat people however we feel like treating them and to say whatever comes into our minds in the moment? Because that's how I feel. And my feelings are more important than the people around me. Or do we begin to treat people the way Christ treats us? 
And does God become more important to us than our desire for money or respect or romance or pleasure or power or success or even security? Now, certain phrases come to my mind when I read today's scripture. Phrases like, where your treasure lies, there your heart will be also. And love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Or do to others as you would have them do to you. Or no servant can serve two masters. The concepts of turning our attentions away from the world to worship God and to turning our desires away from selfishness towards selflessness, well, these are the basic tenets of Christian faith. We're guided towards those attitudes and those changes in every aspect of our scripture. We have given ourselves to Christ, and Christ has taken us into his arms for all eternity We have entered into a new relationship, choosing God over everything else. And God wants our thoughts, our words, our desires, and our deeds to reflect that. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have stripped off the old self with its practices and have clothed yourselves with the new self which is being renewed in knowledge according to the image of our creator. In that renewal, there is no longer Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free. But Christ is all and in all. Amen? So my sister Molly and I were baptized together that beautiful Christmas Eve. We were called by God in a truly special way. And so we entered those cleansing waters with our church family standing all around. And you know what? When Pastor Collins lifted first me and then Molly up out of our old lives and into new lives with Christ, more changed for us than we even realized. You see, before we went under, we were just a couple of young women of the world. We were insecure in our own skin. We were motivated by worldly priorities to seek things in life that were not of God. We went to our baptisms tainted by the stereotypes assigned to us by society. We were dreaming of lives that outside influences told us that we should have. But when we emerged into our new lives, all of the labels, all of the isms, all of the barriers, all of the categories, and all of the social requirements of conformity that the world had given us were taken from us. We didn't know it yet. Our journey with Christ had only begun, after all. And we did not fully understand the magnitude of God's gifts then. I mean, we're still coming to terms with the fact that as citizens of heaven, we are no longer burdened with any of the labels that keep humans in their assigned roles, determined for us by ungodly standards. Because of Jesus, Molly and I 
are no longer women. We are no longer white. We are no longer Americans. We are no longer middle class. We are no longer cool, as I thought my sister was, or awkward, as I thought I was. We are no longer anything that builds barriers between us or between God or between God's people. We have been renewed in the image of our Creator. And in that renewal, there is no longer Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. When we give ourselves over to Christ in word and deed, when we are adopted into that heavenly family, and when we choose to worship the creator rather than the created, we become children of heaven, not earth. When God looks down on us, walking around in our lives, God does not see us the way the world sees us. And that is so unbelievably important. And yet most of us are completely oblivious to this transformation. Most of us believe that we are still trapped in the societal rat race of conforming to worldly standards, both in deeds and in self-identity, but to God, to Jesus, to the only one that matters in determining who we are, who we're supposed to be, and how we're supposed to behave, we are simply made in the image of God. We are simply citizens of heaven, all members of the same family, called to worship the same God and nothing else. It's liberating. So many Christians try to make being a Christian complicated and full of rules. But the plain, simple truth reflected in this letter to the Colossians and in so many other places in Scripture is that walking with Christ is overwhelmingly simple. It's so simple. The only thing we need to focus on is God. The only thing we need to worship is God. The only thing we need to worry about is whether we're loving God enough. And the only identity that matters to God is that we are born again in Christ. So the only thing that we need to concern ourselves with is whether or not we are going about this life in a way that reflects our common love for God and God's love for us and God's love for everyone else. That's it. It's all that matters. If you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. So put to death, therefore, whatever in you is earthly, fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming on those who are disobedient. These are the ways you also once followed when you were living that life before. 
but now you must get rid of all such things. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another. Seeing that you have stripped off the old self with its practices and have clothed yourselves with a new self, which is being renewed in knowledge according to the image of its creator. In that renewal, there is no longer Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, and free, but Christ is all and in all. Amen. So what are we? We're Christians. We're children of God. What do we worship? God. What is the only identity that matters in heaven? That we are members of the same heavenly family. And what does God want from us? God wants us to think and to act, to speak, and to live as if God God's love and God's people are the only things that truly matter to us. Because in our common baptism, Christ is all and Christ is in all. Christ is in us and we are in Christ and everything has become so unbelievably simple for all of us. Amen? Amen. Amen.